0: This is Hungry Gen Podcast, and I just want to thank you for joining us today. Here at HG, our vision is to see thousands saved locally and millions globally. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. 2014, Tri-City Herald did an article. Me and Lana took a photo right here, and they said, the house divided. It was a Sunday uh, edition, which you know, Sunday editions they're a little bit more expensive than the normal week editions. Um, the rumor started that me and my wife are getting a divorce. Mm-hmm. How did this rumor start? Because when you go to the store and you see the headline, you right away jump to conclusions. It started by somebody who I don't think fully reads English or somebody who doesn't care to know the truth And it started to circulate within 24 hours to different parts in the United States where Vlad is getting divorced. We knew he's bad. We knew he's corrupt. But he wants to make a public his sin of getting divorced to his wife. And so the rumor started to spread that I am getting divorced. Now, the pastor, I remember he called me and he said, Hey, um, you know, I mean, it seems like you and your wife are doing good. Is there something... uh, I'm not aware of, he <laughs> said to the newspaper, and I said, no, I mean, I'm Ukrainian, my wife is Russian, that's what they mean, house divided. This has nothing to do with our marriage situation, this has to do with the fact we came from different countries, and actually the article is very positive, but the title had to be catchy so that everybody starts asking questions. That's how rumors start. This was not the only rumor that we've had at Hungry Gen. When we just started our youth group, we were meeting upstairs in Desert Stream Church and we had a, you guys remember those projectors where you put these clear slides on and you turn them on? Not like this, but like projectors? Okay, all of you younger people just Google what that is. It's just this projector. Um, And Josh, you remember Desert Stream Church? So we were upstairs uh, meeting and um, the church I come from, more traditional, Pentecostal, good people. But you don't turn off lights during worship. Well, you don't have worship first. And then if you do have worship, you don't turn off the lights. The reason why we turned off the lights is so that we can see the words. The rumor started is in our church, we practice witchcraft. Where we invite the darkness and we chant to invite demons. Okay. We put drums here. A young lady came to get delivered. A Demons came out of her. The rumor started, through drums, we impart demons, so then we can cast them out. Now, I wish I would say that this is uneducated, ignorant, foolish people. These are pastors, sometimes bishops, and sometimes very good Christians who spread very bad information. Now, I've been around the block. You guys have been around the block. I've heard the craziest and the dumbest things from fellow believers and I probably have been the one to say a few crazy dumb things myself what we want to talk about today is I'm going to title the message autoimmune disease what is an autoimmune disease it's when your own body inside your immune system starts attacking for no reason other parts of your body and doesn't stop now sometimes the autoimmune disease is developed through, it's in your g- genetics. Sometimes it's env- environmental. Like I have a friend of mine, a pastor, who went to another place and got contracted a mal- malaria and then came back. And turns out he has an autoimmune disease where his immune system, instead of fighting against viruses, it goes and attacks perfectly working organs in the body. Perfectly working cells in the body. The body of Jesus Christ, unfortunately has allowed and some people instead of attacking demons powers and principalities and cast out demons are attacking perfectly working cells and do not stop and feel it is their calling from god to expose and they find verses pulled out of context which is nothing new because the devil did exactly the same thing in the wilderness he took the bible out of context to attack Jesus and the devil will take scripture out of context to attack other believers That's why the ministry of the devil in the book of Revelation is called the accuser of the brethren. The original founder of the accusing ministries is the devil. The Bible calls pastors to equip the saints for the work of ministry. What some pastors have been doing is exposing the faults of other ministries. The Bible says go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Today people have been going to the studios and making videos about everybody. Because we live in the digital world and because a lot of you are exposed to different ministers and men of God, some of which came here, won't come again, but came here before, who will say different things, who have said different things, I want to set a record straight. Not necessarily defending ourselves in front of other ministries, that is not our goal, but in defending why we as a church do not want to get involved in drama, heresy hunting, accusing other brothers and sisters, pointing fingers at other ministries, exposing the sins of other ministries as Christians. We have an enemy. His enemy, that enemy is not the church across the street. We might not agree with every church in Tri-Cities. We are different. That's why when you go to an ice cream place, there's chocolate, there's vanilla, there's a little bit of caramel. You have a little bit of variety, but it's still ice cream, not poop. If a church believes that the Bible is the Word of God, points people to Jesus, calls sin, sin, but they disagree on how they worship, they disagree on whether women should preach or not, whether women should wear coverings or not, whether in communion we should wash our feet, whether we should have dr- uh, drums, whether we should have lights, whether we should have a smoke machine, a coffee shop, whether and how we should conduct our services, once saved, always saved, predestination, Calvinism or reformed, pre-trip, post-trip, no trip at all, All of that stuff we disagree on. What we do agree in is that our Father is in heaven. Our Father. Not my Father, not your Father, our Father who is in heaven. What we do agree with is we have one enemy and that's not flesh and blood. It's the devil, it's demons and principalities. What we do agree with is this is the Word of God. Jesus is the way, the truth and life. No one can come to the Father except through Jesus. What we do agree with is there is eternity and there is hell and there is heaven. There is nothing in between. What we do agree with is that we have to live a holy and a righteous life that honor and pleases God. Amen. The first murder that happened in the world happened when two brothers killed each other. Unfortunately, that hasn't stopped. Brothers still attack Brothers. They might not physically kill, but they assassinate someone's reputation. Yeah. They destroy somebody's character. They will blackmail somebody else's reputation and they will try to smear somebody else's good name. You may say, why is this happening? I was listening to Greg Rochelle this week on the Leadership Podcast and he highlighted something that got me thinking. He said, there is such a thing as a cognitive bias, it's A systematic systematic error in thinking when your brain wrongfully filters information through your personal experiences and preferences. There is three cognitive biases. First one is confirmation bias, it's the tendency to search for and interpret information in a way that confirms your previous preconceptions. Status quo bias, it's when you prefer what's known over what's unknown even when the alternative options are objectively better. Anchoring bias, it's when you place too much weight on the first information you received about the subject. For example, if you are in a supervision, a supervisory role at your work, and you have people that report to you, and they come and they make an accusation against another co-worker, and they say, hey, this person was so, 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 and so. Very convincing. Emotionally, you're like, drawn to this argument you're like yeah we need to make a change we need to quickly fire this person we need to quickly do this and then you hear the other side of the story you're like oh wait that that's not that's completely not true and the truth is sometimes somewhere in the middle what begins to happen with our world today is we live in the generation that thinks the truth is cnn fox bbc Google your favorite self-proclaimed prophet or apostle on YouTube. We got too many Indian, too many chiefs, not enough Indians. They claim to be a pastor. They don't have a church. And just because they have more degrees than a thermometer, it does not mean that they're wise. There is such a thing as educated fools. Cognitive bias. A critical thinking is when you have analytical process that involves asking questions, seeking to understand, addressing issues or actions. It's driven by humility and curiosity. A critical spirit, it's when you have negative fault finding, finding that tears down, rather that builds up. It's marked by pride, indifference to people and context and seeks to divide, rather to unite. When you live in the United States, you must understand is that a lot of people have anti supernatural world view toward christian things they conform to the power they conform to the form they deny god's power everything they see to them is demonic they've never known the scriptures and they don't know the power of god that's why these people who knew the old testament but did not know the bible did not know the power of god could look at the demon coming out of people and say demons Jesus says are you out of your mind? How can demons cast out demons? How could somebody who knew the first five books of the Bible that if you can put a nail through it they'll tell you every word the nail pierced can have such a lack of understanding about supernatural realm. It's because when you live for 400 years without seeing any supernatural you can develop theories that are not anchored in reality. Just because you go to a Bible college, but if you don't know the power of God, you don't know the Scriptures of God, you don't know the Spirit of God, you can come up with ideas that are not anchored in truth. So we have to know the truth of God's Word, and we have to also understand that our God is a spiritual God. He does miracles today. Our God is not American, our God is not Republican, and our God is not Evangelical. Our God is the creator of heavens and the earth. He's the maker of everything we see and we don't see. He controls armies we don't see. He has angels at His deployment. Our God, He sits above the circle of the earth. Our God is the Alpha and the Omega, beginning and the end. He's everything in between. Our God, He's the creator. Our God is Jehovah. Our God is Adonai. Our God raises the dead. Our God calls things that are not And they become. He used saliva to heal somebody's blindness. He stretched a rod and the Red Sea was split. Our God took the piece of wood and touched the rock and the water came out. That's impossible, you may say. That doesn't happen today. He raised Lazarus from the dead. That's our God. They took belts and aprons from Paul's body, placed on the sick and they were healed. Because our God is not limited to what we are limited by. We are limited human beings. And what happens many times is we lack critical thinking. Instead, we become critical spirits. Our God is truth. Jesus is the truth. Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth guiding us into truth. We must speak the truth. Not everything that trends is truth. Not everything that's hot is holy. Not every majority is proper morality. Communists yelled, atheists yelled and said Christians are dumb. This happened in former Soviet Union. We'll show the last Christian on the History Channel and we'll put the Bible in museum. John Lennon is in museum. And Christians are still thriving and communism fell in Russia. They had the majority but they were wrong. Masses yelled, crucified him. Jesus is worthy to die. They were wrong. Some people say, but look, a lot of people are speaking for that. Crowds are easily manipulated. The Bible says, do not follow the crowd to sin. We don't follow the crowd, we follow the cross. The closer you get to the cross, less people get there. Gen Z, and it's proven by research now, it's not that gen z has lost critical thinking they actually never developed it in the first place my generation your generation are so impulsive we jump at everything we say stuff and then we think a lot of us the only thing we have running in our life is our mouth We have a verbal diarrhea. We don't think because it's too hard. The Bible says live a quiet life minding your business. And the reason we can't live a quiet life because we don't have a mind and we don't have a business. Mm -hmm. God wants us to be deep. God wants us to be thinkers. God wants us to be mature. And God wants us to have self-control, patience and not to be quick to speak but to quick to listen slow to anger and be slow to speak we have everything the opposite and because it trends and the generation we live in consumes drama consumes clickbait and tabloids a lot of us we developed unhealthy appetite for things that do not produce the righteousness of god and we love to jump on train, tra- trains. Oh, we're attacking this person today. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I always knew it. Yeah, these people are wrong. I always had it in, in my thing. You know, oh, this is a false prophet. Yeah, 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 false prophet. You don't have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 false prophet. This is a false teacher. Yeah, I, I always had a feeling. It's just in my gut. Since when did your gut become a source of truth? It might be a stomach flu. An actual disease. A gut is a place where a lot of diseases are. It's just in my my gut. Really. The Bible never says your gut is truth. The Bible says there's a spirit of truth. It's not your gut. A heart of man is deceitful above all things. You can be deceived by your own heart. Thinking you're right. Because you instruct your own mind and your own heart. And for those people like, oh I'm I'm just following my heart. That's like following a wheelbarrow. You're guiding it. We do forget, Jesus told us, his followers will be falsely accused. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 11 and 12, blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my name. Verse 12, because you have a lawyer and you can always take him to court and sue them for defamation. Oh, you have a YouTube channel and you can always make a statement. No, no. verse 12 says, rejoice and be exceedingly great. For great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I'm not against lawyers. I'm not against taking evil people to court and letting them taste a little bit of their medicine. Not against that. There's a right place for that. They beat Paul many times and there were a few times Paul had it enough. He was a Roman citizen. They're about to stretch him. He said, "Uh, yo, did you know I'm a Roman citizen? (gasps) and they stopped beating him. Paul's like, okay, well, I'm kind of tired of being beaten, so let me use my Roman citizenship. There's a right time for that. But this idea that you could never be misunderstood, gossiped against, lied against, falsely, without you flaring up like a firework. As Christians, we have to develop some stamina, build a strongest skin, and learn to live being misunderstood, not liked, not always accepted, always be loving, be generous, living with holiness and integrity, that people have to come up with dumb lies to convict you because they cannot find anything against you. Like Daniel, the Bible says they couldn't find anything against him. So they tied some dumb law to him just to kind of smear his name. But in reality, he was clean. Let's live our life where we are clean, where we are pure. And people have to come up with, oh look, he visited that guy. Look, he took a photo with there. Look, he went to that restaurant. That means, that means he's evil, that he's the man. Let them say, if that's my guilt is by association, that means you don't have anything. Let's live a holy life. Let's live a pure life. But also let's not be afraid when people falsely accuse us. Yes, there's a time you need to go to the lawyer. Sometimes you need to stand up and speak the truth. But there are times like Jesus, you got to, the Bible says, like a lamb led to the slaughter. He was silent. He said nothing to his accusers. Why? I think it was uh, uh, Freddie Rodriguez that said, Sammy Rodriguez, that said, do not explain yourself to people who are committed to misunderstanding you. There are people, they do not even allow 1% in their brain that they could be wrong explaining yourself. You're wasting energy. You're wasting your time. And people who are like, they're genuinely people who are interested. For example, when something blows up, some kind of a criticism, and they'll they'll call me. They say, Pastor Vlad, um, you were connected to so-and-so. You you were there. What were your thoughts about this? This is different. And somebody who doesn't do that records a video and simply starts bashing absolutely no information whatsoever. And then Christians, Absorb that like it's the spirit of truth. Oh, because he's a pastor. This doesn't mean he's right. We have to, as Christians, have head on our shoulders, have critical thinking, and not be blind people led by blind leaders. Because that's where some of you wore six masks during COVID. Because you listened to too much to Dr. Pepper. I mean, Dr. Fauci. And you didn't think on your own. And your God wasn't the God of the Bible. It was Governor Angsley. I know you because I know some people, some people from young people, you didn't have nobody living in your house, three masks by yourself in your apartment. And your solution was this, turn off CNN. Turn off the news media. Go outside, breathe fresh air. Go for a walk. And live in a normal world and stop letting people lie to you and bring fear into your life. If faith comes by hearing, so is depression, fear, anxiety and doubt. Listen to God's Word. Listen to some positive godly teaching. Can somebody say Amen? They said about Jesus, Potiphar's wife lied about Joseph. Naboth was trained, was framed by Jezebel. People, even prophets lied about God, Jeremiah 5.12. People in exile were rebuilding Jerusalem and they were lied about to other people. They said John the Baptist had a demon. Jesus was lied about the destruction of the temple, that he was trying to blow up the temple. Jesus was being lied about being a glutton and a drunk. They said he had a demon. He was demon-possessed and insane. They said he was out of his mind. They said he was evil-worthy, evil-doer worthy of death. They said he was a blasphemer. They said he perverted the nation and forbid people to pay taxes. Paul was falsely accused, arrested and imprisoned. Rome accused Christians of burning Rome under Nero. Rome accused Christians of being atheists. How dumb is that? Because Christians didn't believe in Roman gods. Rome accused Christians of cannibalism because they saw that we ate the Lord's body, ate bread. So they said Christians gather in their secret meetings and they eat each other. That is how Rome scared people from joining Christian communities by distributing lies. These were educated people, Greek people, Roman Empire, Greek thinkers, yet they were propagating these lies. And then this was the worst one. They said Christians practice sexual orgies. You might say, where is that coming from? Because Christian gatherings will call love feasts in Jude. If you read Jude, you will see that they're love feasts. Why would they call love feasts? Because it was like a potluck. You bring Holy Communion, not the crackers and the little bit of juice that we get off Amazon. Actually like full-blown loaves of bread and food. So we will call those meetings love feasts. Romans, what they started to call Christians, they say, oh, they get together, they eat each other's bodies and they have sexual orgies. Now, if you believe everything that's online, you will say, yeah, yeah, this is right. Uh, no, Rome was wrong. Rome was wrong. Not every majority and not everything that's trending, not everything that's loud is the truth historically the lies travels faster than the truth lies get more financial backing than the truth it's the lie that said Jesus didn't rise from the dead instead disciples stole him because somebody finances the lie who is it? it is the father of lies the bible says everyone lies to his neighbor that means we do live in the world Jesus says that out of your heart comes false witness Meaning, it's a human proclivity to lie, to cheat, and to do all of this stuff. And so, don't live oblivious in this generation and age that somehow the world is no longer under the sway of the devil. The devil is no longer the evangelist of lies. He now speaks the truth. He does not. He's still a liar and he'll burn in the lake of fire. Amen. Satan is the accuser of brethren. He still does this work, constantly accuses brethren. The body of Jesus Christ should fight autoimmune disease. Does it mean that we should never correct each other? No, but there's difference between correcting and making videos. Writing blogs and making baseless accusations about things you have absolutely no knowledge of. There's difference in that. The Bible says in Romans chapter 14 verse 19, Therefore let us pursue the things which make for peace, and the things by which one may edify another. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 10, it says, Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that there will be no divisions among you, that you will be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 2 and 3, With all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Philippians chapter 2 verse 2 and 3, Fulfill my joy, being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem one's better than himself. We can be different without being destructive. We can disagree without being disrespectful. When God ordained that the nation of Israel be split after the death of Solomon because of his sin, and Jeroboam went to war against Jeroboam. Because God separated them and God stopped them through a prophet in 1 Kings 12, 24. He says, you shall not go up nor fight against your brethren, the children of Israel. Jesus prayed that we will be one as three persons of the Trinity are one. And God commends the blessing on the unity of brothers. The fact that Jesus prayed for us to be one tells us it's going to require his prayer for us to ever to get to that. Now what I want to address with right now is not only that we should avoid from being um, naive, cl- critical, but we should have an understanding of how God works. Illustrations paint better picture than words. Every man and woman of God that God uses is like a glove. Some gloves are like the one I'm putting on right now. Rubber ones. They're fragile. But they still get the job done some gloves on the other hand are a little bit more sturdy a little bit better they don't, they don't rip as much what you must understand is that God uses imperfect people you know why because that's all kinds of people that he has available he doesn't have a lot of other options these people have hurts these people have demons that they're fighting against. These people have generational things, whether they believe in generational curses or not, but certain things go into their family that they're battling with. These people have the devil against them. These people have their own personal flaws. These people have their own fears. They're still people. Just because you put anointing of God, just because you put my hand inside of this glove, this glove doesn't change the fact that it's, it's still weak fragile and it's easy to be it's easily ripped then there's other gloves like this one they're a little bit more sturdier they're a little bit better they're all all kinds of different ministers and different pastors there are those who come from healthy families they've been delivered they've been matured They've experienced in their healing they've dealt with their own personal stuff some people come from broken families this doesn't mean the grace of god doesn't work in them They had less hurts. They had good, healthy environment. This still doesn't mean they're not capable of committing stupid, foolish, and extremely embarrassing scandals. This explains why you can have a minister of God preach Jesus, seems like he's doing a great thing, and next thing you find out, there's a scandal. And I'm not talking about just an accusation, but there's genuine proof that this person committed misconduct or certain things that were not pleasing to God. The first healing that happened in the Old Testament happened when Abraham the friend of God lied. Deceived Abimelech and God comes to Abimelech and says, "You're a dead man because you took this man's wife." Now, I want you to see how God looks at the sin of his men, Abraham. He calls him prophet. Now, if I would be God, I wouldn't call Abraham prophet. I would call him pathetic. I would apologize to Abimelech and say, I am so sorry. My home lives over here had a little weakness of faith. Could you please return his wife and like, like sue, him, sue him or something? Because that guy, like I've been working with him on this whole honesty stuff. Like he's been really struggling with it. He's afraid and everything. Like, could you please forgive him? No, God comes in and he defends his boy Abraham and says, Abraham is a prophet and Abimelech, you're a dead man. Everyone was like, ah, I didn't do anything wrong. In the innocence of heart and integrity on my, in the innocence of hands, integrity of in my heart, the guy told me that's his sister. And God says, okay, I get it. Because I knew you didn't know better and you were lied to, you returned to him, his wife, and then God does this thing, audacious thing. You and I probably would never have the guts to do. God says, go ask Abraham to pray for those women. Uh, he's the one that caused the problem. God says, I know. Go do that. Abraham comes, prays, and that's how the first mention of healing happens in the Bible. Now, I would not want Abraham to be in our healing service. No offense. I'll be, hey hey bro, I'm sorry, but uh, take your ministry somewhere, somewhere else, not in our church. You're lying, deceiving, a little bit of faith, a little white white lie over there, half-truth over there. That's who God used. Hannah cannot have children comes to a temple that the Bible, not a BBC documentary, CNN, or Hulu documentary, the Bible says there was misconduct, not an accusation, Bible truth, sexual immorality in the temple. The main guy in charge, he was spiritually deaf, he was not connected to God anymore, in fact, misjudged, no discernment, misjudged Hannah and said, you're drunk, why are you over there, lips moving, you're intoxicated, get out of here. She comes to the bad place in hunger pursuit of God, and God gives a word to a woman that's desperate, to a guy that's spiritually deaf, and the word comes true. She has the audacity to take her child so into the ministry that has sexual perversion, sexual sin, misconduct, abusing the sacrifices, and somehow. God protected the kid where that environment didn't contaminate him. Instead, he changed that environment. Now, this does not mean that if you're aware of ministry that has misconduct or other stuff, that you should just go ahead and send your kids. That is not the plot of the story. What it does mean though, is people who come and they make accusations like, Oh, Pastor Vlad. Hungry Jan is already contaminated because I saw he went to Colombia. I saw he went to Ukraine and he had a photo with Pastor Benny Hinn. I saw he had a photo with this person. Did you know what this person did? You don't. And most of us don't. What You heard somebody said what they did is not the same thing as the real truth. Let's just say for a moment that some of those people were, as they said, sinners. We didn't receive from them we received from God. And God can use a donkey to speak. And God told lazy men not to go to a prophet to learn. He says, go to an ant. Ant doesn't even have a theological degree. And he says, learn at the feet of an ant. That means as Christians, sometimes we can use an Apple, we can use an iPad, we can use an iPhone, even though the CEO is openly homosexual, and it doesn't mean you get a homosexual demon because you wear the product. Use your head. And sometimes you have to think. I know it's hard. But we have to think. Samuel did not get a demon of sexual perversion by being in a place that was contaminated. I think personally he was completely oblivious and ignorant because he was too busy focusing on God and less focusing on what those men were doing there. This tells us a few things about men of God. Just because Judas gave you something from Jesus' treasury, this did not mean the money Judas gave to the poor people were cursed. Even though Judas had a demon. Just because a woman gave a mite to a temple that was corrupt, Jesus says she gave more to God even though the temple was messed up. God can use all kinds of people. Jesus made it clear. A few things we want to highlight. Just because a man of God is being used and we see miracle signs and wonders, this does not mean this person is holy before God. Jesus says, in my name you will cast out demons, but he also said, some people will cast out demons, heal the sick and cast out demons in his name, and Jesus will tell them, I never knew you. Now, this is the verse that everybody who doesn't move in the supernatural hasn't memorized. If people who do miracles can still be in jeopardy of not knowing the Lord, how much more those who don't even do miracles? But just because somebody heals the sick does not mean they walk with God. It simply means they have a calling. God has a compassion on other people. And simply means that God can use somebody. And God's gifts are without repentance. God doesn't take them back. A guy um, got saved in our church a long time ago. A marine. Bought a TV. He was supposed to buy it. Uh, I was on the trip. So what he did is he, um, he learned about tithing. But it didn't learn all the details about tithing, so went to Costco and bought me a TV while I was gone, installed it in my house. I come back home and I see a TV and he says, oh, that's my tithe. I said, um, I think the tithe was supposed to go to the church, not the pastor's house. He's like, oh, really? I said, while you figure out your theology, I'll keep the TV because you already installed it. You made them some holes. But I was like, the next tithe does not go to my house. Like That's not how this works. He's like, oh, will that count before God? I was like, we'll get to heaven. We'll see how that will work. I was like, while you're not, don't know this yet, I'm going to keep the TV. (laughs) He moves out, leaves to Hawaii. He's been living in Hawaii. I lost contact with him for four years. I still have the TV. I actually gave it to somebody else. Somebody else has the TV. When he moved, he never took the TV with him. When God's presence, God's anointing leaves your life, the gifts stay. You knowing how to use them, operate in them, will stay there. This does not mean you have a relationship with God. That's why you cannot pray for somebody. They got healed. And if you're living in sin, you cannot say, oh, they got healed. God must be pleased with me. No. What the Bible says Is how God is pleased with you, not who got healed or delivered or how you got blessed. Because otherwise every drug dealer who's prospering financially can use it as an excuse and say, oh God is pleased with me, why? Because I had a good month financially. We don't use our financial prosperity to determine how we are spiritually prospering with God. We don't use how many likes, visits, clicks. We don't use how many blessings we have to determine if we're good with God. God is the standard. God's Word is the standard. Can somebody say Amen. With that said, as Christians, what should we do then? One extreme is this, let's demonize all the men of God. Why? Because they're potential witch doctors. The other one is, let's idolize all the men of God. Why? Because they're greater, they're as powerful as God. Both are wrong. Just because, and and I want to say something on this. You cannot cast out demons, preach the gospel, lead people to Jesus and be a warlock. I've interviewed a lot of warlocks, ex-warlocks, and I can tell you one thing. The devil finds no benefit expanding the kingdom of Christ. Jesus said clearly, you cast out demons, you cannot do that by the power of the devil now could it be somebody struggling with attacks of the enemy yeah but be an open warlock and secretly preach Jesus point to Jesus have lives of people being changed and deliverance that you can live in sin but you cannot be a warlock and do that demonizing every pastor Oh, he's moving in the miraculous. Look, he's wearing this watch. Look where he was shopping. Look which country he went to. He must have a demon. He must be doing this stuff. I don't trust no pastors. My previous pastors and everything, do not demonize the ministers of God because some of them fell. For every minister that fell, there are thousands who are still faithful. The only airplanes that end up on the news are those that crash. But I can tell you one thing, it's still safer to travel on the aeroplane than even to drive your car probably. Why? Because for every plane that crashes, there's over 200,000 or 300,000 that land without crushing. Why do those planes never end up on the news? Because it's no fun to watch a plane not crash. Nobody will read that story. Hey, today 20 flights took off and on from Washington, from uh, Pasco, Washington. Who's going to read that? Nobody. Yeah. The news is made to make you stimulate emotions, to make you be angry, mad. That's what is designed. Like, uh, like Denzel Washington said, he says, if you don't watch news, you're misinformed, you're uninformed, and if you watch it, you're misinformed. And both are very true. We have to understand do not demonize just because. You see a lot of pastors falling. First of all, it's not a lot of pastors falling, it's few. And we have an anti-Christ, anti-American, anti-church, anti-faith system that runs the media and they want to justify why they rebel against God. And so they look for anything to show a stain across and on the church. And they know people love tabloids. They like gossip. They like dirt. They like garbage. They like that stuff. So they will feed that. But for every pastor that falls, there are thousands who love God walk in integrity, love their wives, raise their family, build, build disciples, build a local church and will live without a scandal. But the reason that you'll never see them online is because they didn't crash. Idolizing is also wrong. Your man of God, the one that you listen to, the one that you read is not as perfect as you think. And if you get too close to some of them, you will be more disappointed than encouraged. That's why it's safer to stay far. Why? Because they're still men and they're still not perfect. What if you, f- you watch somebody online, you follow, then you found out, I'm not talking about accusation, I'm talking about they fell into sin. This was grieving for me when, when I found out about Ravi Zacharias. I watched his, his videos, I have his books in my house. Very impactful. Other men of God that I followed before that either passed or just their ministry burned down. What's happening right now with some, with some men of God that I'm personally, I was either connected or watched their ministries. Some accusation, some verification that things were not done right there. What do we do? As Christians, we must understand the job to judge is God's. Exposing another man's nakedness, another man's sin, publicly. In the Bible, one son did that to his father. It didn't end well for his child. I find it interesting, Noah never cursed his son. He cursed his son. son. I would be careful to attack a minister of God who fell into a mess. Because there can be a connection. This is according to the Bible. I'm not taking anything out of context. Between that and your children, I would be careful personally. I would never dare to do that. Why? Because there's one person who can throw stones at sinners. It's Christ. And he refused to do that. He died for them. And if I'm throwing stones, I'm not Christ. Having a phone call and rebuking a brother, that's different. And publicly accusing and throwing stones, not having all the information. Saul threw spears at David. David never never returned the spears back. He distanced himself from toxic leadership. Distanced himself from a bad leadership. But never disrespected him and still wept at his funeral. And when you read the story, when God gave promise to David and says, one day I'll give you your enemy into your hands who's trying to kill you. And Saul came within proximity of David. And David cuts a little bit of his rope. And the Bible says, the heart of David convicted David. And the man close to him and says, take him, take the shot, kill him, kill him. Our life will change for better. Only take the shot. And David says, nobody raises a hand against God's anointed and lives without God's consequences I cannot do that he says God will judge him God will hold him accountable but my hands are going to be clean and pure you read that story you will never get a hint from that story that God was displeased with David not taking vengeance into his hands today we live in the generation where literally you don't even you smell something different that's it we're going attacking the hand gets ripped not the hand the glove gets ripped and right away we become experts that's it we need to we need to right now expose we need to we need to speak up we need to do that let's listen very carefully Jesus says before you go plucking stuff out of somebody else's eyes pull the log out of your own van (laughs) to everyone who is passionate to throw stones Jesus wants to give you a mirror When man wanted to kill a woman caught, actually there was evidence. This wasn't an accusation. This was verification. Verified. Caught in the act of adultery. Deserved. And I find interesting in that story, she didn't even apologize or repent. So she deserves to be stoned. The law of Moses has stoned her. And Jesus wrote something and he got up and he gave everyone a mirror. And he said, look closely at your own faults and your own sins. What if you get caught with stuff that you're deleting off a browser? What if that stuff gets exposed as well? What if God highlights all of your private sins and struggles? How would you feel that? Put that stone down, pick up a mirror, get on your knees and beg God for mercy. That God will protect your life, your children and your future. And pray for their family, pray for their ministry and pray for their children. That God will have mercy and kindness. Come on somebody. Your response to someone's sin can also be a sin. I'm going to say that again. Your response to someone's sin can also be a sin. There's only one perfect one. His name was Jesus and he did it the right way. Does it mean there's no time to speak up against abuse? Do we have to stay in the church where there's toxic environment, cult-like behavior? Absolutely not. But it also means when you go to a new church... Don't make your presence at the new church be all about bashing, destroying the church you came from. If you want to move into the next, let go of your ex. Let go of your ex-pastor, ex-church. Step into something new. Oh, but they hurt me. Get therapy. Get counseling. Go through deliverance. Because if you're bleeding, you don't want to be swimming where sharks are. You don't want to spread that. You want to be healed person and you don't get healed by bashing attacking and finding your little gossip group that we all can share the same stories and we're all stuck in our past instead of moving into our future something i want to highlight not only pastor's sins leaders sin and it's heartbreaking it's devastating how it hurts the body of christ if you can only imagine it's difficult we are we're held to a higher standard but as Christians, mature Christians, we must understand their gloves and they can rip. And because God used them, what he did through them doesn't go in vain, even if they fail. For those of you who are like, that's it, I'm going to burn this guy's book because I found out he, he fell into sin. While you're doing that, don't forget to burn the book of Proverbs as well. And Psalms, Psalms also. Genesis, burn Genesis as well. Because a lot of stuff there happened. And by the time you finish burning, and then also burn your own book, your own story. Because there's a lot of sin there that God delivered you from. God doesn't edit the Bible. He leaves it the way it is. Why? It's raw. It's real. It's hard. He leaves. I don't know if Solomon ever got right. Scholars disagree. Some say he got right at the end. Some didn't. Jesus still quoted him in the New Testament. Still quoted him. And he didn't say, this guy actually, literally worshipped other gods. Jesus still said, no one was wiser than Solomon. He still referred to Solomon. I'm not saying we condone sin. I'm saying is that we learn to separate the broken glove from the work the hand did, whatever glove that God used. Read the church history. I finished a class in my Bible college on the church history. The stuff Christians did i mean i'm thinking i'm like were they even christians like how how did god look at all of that and i'm ashamed of some of that of what we christians or catholics or christians all of this stuff did but i do know one thing is that god still was moving in some of those areas the church really matured and changed because of a lot of this stuff and it's still unfortunately our sad history disagreeing on minor things doesn't make somebody a false prophet or false teacher we as Christians all agree that the Bible is the Word of God. Jesus is the way to heaven. Salvation is by grace through faith. We disagree on minor things like free will or predestination. Once saved, always saved. Conditional security, pre-trip, post-trip, no-trip. Style of worship, manifestations of the Holy Spirit. We all know homosexuality is a sin. Some people disagree on whether you should attend a gay wedding or not. In fact, one pastor just got cancelled from a conference because he said he'll attend his grandchild's wedding if she would get married to a homosexual. We disagree on all of that, but one thing we do agree: the Bible calls sin sin, and how we approach that, how we deal with people who commit those sins, will be in disagreement. We disagree on tattoos, alcohol, methods of baptism, divorce, women preaching, communion, and all of that stuff. What I want to let you know is this: because somebody disagrees on minor things of Christianity, it does not make them a false teacher. They could have a false teaching without being a false teacher. False teacher can have a one right teaching. It doesn't make him the right teacher. There's a lot of false teachers will tell you the right things about purity, sexuality. It doesn't make them the gospel teacher because they got one teaching right. Even a broken clock can get time twice right. But the false teacher, according to the Old Testament, false prophet, two categories. One A person who takes it upon himself to say God said when God didn't say it. The second reason why somebody was deemed a false prophet in the Old Testament is when they prophesied something and then they said, let's go follow other gods. In the New Testament, Jesus makes it clear, one criteria. By their fruit, you will judge them. Not by their controversies. Not by what people say about them, but by their fruit. Apostle Peter comes in and adds a little bit more to it. And he says, if they deny Christ, they are false teachers. And then he says this, if they exploit believers for personal gain, they are false teachers. And then he says, one more thing, if they reject Christian duty and only embrace free grace, you can do whatever you want. Sin is no longer sin. Everything is under grace. He says, that is false teaching. But I can tell you, 99% of teachers that are called false teachers do not fall under that category. We simply disagree. we shouldn't pray in tongues in a microphone, okay? People should be delivered in the side rooms, not, not in here. okay that's disagreement. We should not have drums in the church. we should only have a piano. Okay, we shouldn't have lights. This looks like a concert in the church. I get it. I understand these things don't make us false teachers because there's a disagreement between us. when apostles met. Paul says, I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Meaning, some people declare a whole counsel of God, some people declare most of it. When Apollos was mighty in scriptures but only knew the baptism of John, he wasn't called a false teacher. He was simply directed to teach a little bit better. How would you know if it's a true teaching or a, fa- or a false teaching? Does it reinforce God's word? Does it lead me to Christ? Does it fill me with love for this church? Does it strengthen my faith and give me an honorable purpose in life? Does it turn me from wrongdoing, promoting righteousness and purity in my life? Does it find wide acceptance and affirmation by notable men and women of God? Does it build up the body of Christ, equipping believers for the work of ministry? Attributing miracles done by the Lord to demons, knowingly, not in ignorance, risks blaspheming the Holy Spirit. But he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven, but it is subject to eternal condemnation, Jesus said, because they said he has an unclean spirit. Now, I want to confirm something. A poor, lacking critical thinking, cognitive bias, YouTuber, who has no idea what he's talking about, is not blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Why? People who blaspheme the Holy Spirit, they do it with knowledge not ignorance. So, Pharisees saw the power of God, witnessed the heavenly gift in their presence, tasted it, seen it, verified miracles were right in front of their eyes. And then they said, Jesus does it by the power of demons. They had no, nothing they could say against Him to accuse Him of anything. It's simply this, made up, defiant, defiant, faith against Jesus and Jesus says, you pretty much passed a place of no return. I don't believe that people who in ignorance grow up being taught, oh, these people, people fall there. People speak in tongues. Demonic. And you're simply repeating that? Not because you've been there, experienced it, it's because you're oblivious and ignorant and you say things like, that's demonic. I don't think that is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. You're simply ignorant. And God will have mercy on you. But if you've been in it, you've seen lives changed. You've seen the gospel preached. You've seen Lord move and you were a part of it. You come out of it and out of hate, malice, intent, you begin to say, that's demonic. Knowing it's not, you're blaspheming. Paul said to Timothy, he says, I was former blasphemer, but did it in ignorance. Meaning, I wasn't in Jesus' meetings, I heard stories, I kept repeating what everybody's saying, because that's a famous new thing, Jesus is a warlock, uses magic to do miracles. I actually never was there, never seen anything like that. In ignorance, I did that, and God had mercy on me. I have said certain things about ministers in ignorance, did not know. The reason why I cannot get up against the push of some of my friends and the online mob that's happening right now and say, say that this guy is demonic and everything. The reason why I cannot do that is because I will be not only grieving, I'll be blaspheming the Holy Spirit, going against my conscience because some of those places they accuse, I've been there. And I didn't see anything demonic. I heard the word preached. And I have people in our midst who experience notable miracles through those ministries. I do not like certain things they did. Do not like certain things they did. We disconnected. Walked away from that. But to get up and say that was demonic because I feel the heat of the online mob. I will stand before God and give an account. Not in front of them. And I am not going to crumble under the pressure of And online vigilantes who are simply trying to destroy men and women of God in ignorance. I'm not saying they're blaspheming. I'm saying they're ignorant. And they have no idea what they're talking about if they've never been there. When somebody says, Hungry Gen is a place of witchcraft. And they've never been to our prayer line. They're simply ignorant. And Peter tells us, to do good, to silence the ignorance of foolish men, yeah. Yeah, we're gonna keep on doing what we've been doing we're gonna keep on improving what we're doing but we stand against witchcraft we stand against the demonic kingdom demons don't cast out demons Jesus casts out demons we love the Bible we love holiness we love righteousness we love making soul winning souls and making disciples And we're also not afraid of being called with names and being accused. Why? Because we will outlive every critic if we stay humble before God and if we don't fight back and try to defend ourselves on every single place. At the end, I'm bringing this message to the end. Pay attention to what you give attention to. Your ear is your womb. Whatever you listen to is either good or bad, is conceived. It will be given a birth to in due season. Choose what you listen to and what to ignore. Mark 4, 24, then he said to them, take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. I had somebody do a study for me this week and they found out 2023's top 10 restaurants in the USA, fast food joints in the USA. McDonald's, number one. Starbucks number two, Chick-fil-A number three, Taco Bell number four, Wendy's number five, Dunkin' Donuts number six, Subway number seven, Burger King number eight, Domino's pizza number nine, Chipotle number 10. Now look, look at this list. What does this tell you about my culture, our culture? We have an appetite for junk. What is junk food? It's something that's fast. not healthy. Garbage. Fast food ministries are quick to judge, quick to speak, quick to anger, quick to come to conclusions, lacking critical thinking, possessing a critical spirit, having cognitive bias, systematic error in their thinking, filtering information through their prefaces, and some of them are racist. Exposing heresy hunters, drama division, name-calling. If that is your diet, you're not healthy. I won't judge you. If you drink Pepsi Cola six times a day, I'm not here to judge you, but I will tell you that it's not healthy. If your preferred source of consumption of ministries and ministries and sermons are things that have to do with name-calling, division, gossip, unity, and disunity, and attack. I want to tell you something, as a pastor, that's not healthy. Sooner or later, you will become a spiritually unhealthy person. Divisive, attacking, you will become difficult to live with. You will definitely have a difficult time being in any healthy church. You will need backbiting, gossiping, attacking, toxic church to feel alive. Remember the story I shared about taking dogs' vitamins? upon recommendation of Pastor Ilya. He did not tell me to take dogs' vitamins. He just told me to take these vitamins, but my wife, so it's not my pastor's wife, then it's my my wife's fault. If it's not Pastor Ilya's fault, we're just going to shift the blame right now. We're going to spread the blame equally on everyone. My wife, on accident, ordered wrong vitamins. And it says over there, for dogs only. Supposed to help with my cognitive things. So I take it one day, I'm getting sick. I'm literally feeling nauseous. I'm, I'm about to throw up. I'm thinking it's because my brain is so not cognitive <laughs> that this medicine is causing the cogniv- cognitivity to come up, shoot up so high that all stupidity is trying to get out. So I'm like, no big deal. I know how to suffer. Next day, I take it again. Three days, I take it. And to the point, I'm, I'm literally getting, I am like about to throw up. So a text passed text pass to Ilya. And I said, Ilya, did you also have these attacks? by trying to improve your cognitive abilities? He said, no, not really. You're taking an empty stomach? I was like, yeah. He's like, maybe don't do it on an empty stomach. So next day I ate and then took it. It was worse. <laughs> then it dawned on me to go read the label. Now read the label and it says for dogs only. Now that medicine, vitamins, would have been perfect for the dog. It's not good for me. When you're not healthy, What's not healthy is good for you, meaning no repercussions. But when you are healthy, you start eating some junk food, you start feeling sick. Ravens eat dead things, doves eat greenery. Be careful who you feed. As a church, we love healthy things, holy things, praiseworthy things. We want to think on things that are noble, lovely, of good report. If you love and you have an appetite for junk, you're still welcome here. But junk is not on our menu. Will we expose the kingdom of darkness? Oh, you bet we will. Will we attack the kingdom of the devil? You bet we will. Will we attack other church downtown, across the street? Even if we disagree, even if we would encourage you, might not be a good idea to go there. We'll be praying for them, trying to do our best to protect the unity in the spirit if we are of the same body. People sometimes um, push on me and they say, well, you need to make a response to this, make a statement to this. I like to think of myself, and this is not in an arrogant way, I'm a high-end restaurant, junk is not on my menu. You want junk food? I can give you five YouTube channels to follow. <laughs> you want gossip, you want attacks, you want backbiting. There's others. They're my brothers. A little misguided. I think some of them don't have a job. Having a job would help, give you less time to Google, more time to pray, more time to be with your family. And this is not me attacking them. But we're busy. Like Nehemiah said to his accusers, "We're building. We don't have time to come down. We're going to keep on serving God, launch campuses, win souls and make disciples, heal the sick and cast out demons. We will always improve and get better. We will listen to the common sense and to the wisdom of people who don't just have ideas but actually have experience and it will teach us and we will most importantly stay humble because we don't have everything figured out. We're not Jesus, we're just the glove, He's the hand. And if we make mistakes, we'll be the ones to apologize and repent so that we can grow in Jesus. And I want to invite you to be a part of that. This is the first and probably the last time that I will do a message like this. This will explain why we had some people in our church that were slightly controversial. This will explain why I, our team members, would go to places that are slightly controversial. We're not oblivious. We're not blind. We, meet, we eat the meat, throw away the bones. I've been to a revival. My pastor sent me there. My pastor told me right away, when you're going to go to the revival, he says, I don't like this, 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 and this about this guy. I was like, why are you sending me there? He's like, God is moving there. I was like, but we don't like him. He said, we don't have to like it for God to use it. (laughs) I don't like broccoli either, but I hear it's very healthy for me. We went there. I was there for seven days. The power of God was present. Unfortunately, the minister there wasn't walking Right before the Lord had His own issues, and eventually that thing collapsed. Well, I say that that thing was demonic. No, the minister was flawed, but what God did was precious and was amazing. May we not only start well, may we finish well. That's why let's be humble as we're still running the race. And we finish without scandals like Billy Graham, and we finish like Rayhard Bonkey, like these men, like Youngie Cho. And others who went before us, who lived a life of commitment, purity, built mega ministries for God. And they had attacks and criticism, but they ran with integrity. We're just starting. That's why throwing all of our fuel and attacking other ministers. No, we reserve our fuel for the head of the Goliath. Our victory is assured by God. I want you to rise to your feet. Did you receive something this afternoon? Amen. Are you encouraged to be more healthy? Amen. How many of you are going to stop drinking Pepsi-Cola? <laughs> okay, keep your hand down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Amen. I want you to put your hand on your heart. Say, so Lord, give me a healthy appetite for holy things. Come on. Holy things. Healthy appetite for holy things. By what I watch, by what I listen, by what I consume. Not only, not to consume gossip and div- divisive things, but not to consume cursing garbage pornography not to consume unhealthy um, unholy defile things help me to feed help me to my ears to be the womb where the seed of truth the seed of blessing is, con- is conceived Lord help me to fill my spiritual diet with healthy things Help me Lord God to listen to read to watch to to participate in discussions conversations that we don't always don't always discuss other people we discuss the gospel we discuss what Jesus is doing what God is doing give us a positive outlook on life help us not to look for faults but look for good things God help us to be people who think on what's praiseworthy what's lovely what's true what's noble what's just what is holy what is right Lord anything that's praiseworthy anything that's virtuous anything God that's healthy Lord help us to be that church be that congregation God that we're not driven by the latest fads we're not driven by the latest winds of gossip controversy God we stay grounded building our life on the rock building our families on Jesus building our children building our marriages building our cell groups building the miracles signs and wonders going into schools God and to spread the good news of Jesus Christ, to see our largest auditoriums for Jesus to see Lord God campuses being open that we will multiply not spread divisiveness God toxicity but multiply the influence of your kingdom in our generation God that we will know our God that we will be made strong and that we will do exploits for our God not some exposing but exploits for our God that we will do great things for our God Lord in Jesus name in Jesus name Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you are blessed by this message, be sure to subscribe and send it to someone. And don't forget, you can always share it on your social stories. Stay connected with us on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. For more information on internship, prayer line, conferences, and other resources, go to HungryGen.com. Remember, better is not good enough. The best is yet to come.